it is mid-March, and that means it is NCAA tournament time. This is episode number 15, and thank you for jumping in on the podcast as always. And Steffi, this is the best time of the year. We've got wall-to-wall basketball. We just finished up all the conference tournaments, Selection Sunday, and now we get to dissect all of these brackets. And also, just this is the first time we've actually had the field of 136 that we both have men's and women's with 68 teams. That's fantastic. We can both say March Madness with proper branding on the men's and women's side. So this is a big deal, this tournament. And now... Let's dive into it, Steffi. I know you're going to be working a lot, so I've got to steal your time right now as you're going to be, going to be busy, busy over the next week. Yes, you are. Uh, but I got to get your insight uh, as we look at both the men's and women's brackets and going through some of these and uh, just some of the things that you know that caught your eye on both the men's and women's side, because I've got plenty on my side as well. Okay. You want to start women's or men's? Where do you want to Let's go? Let's start women's. Let's Ladies go. first. Ladies first. Um, okay, so my my I'll be at Stanford this week, um, so I'll get to be with the defending national champs, the Cardinal. Um, I think you know since they're out west, rich that it can get lost on how good they've been. Of, yes, uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize how good they are. They didn't lose in the, in conference play. Which is there you go. You know what I mean. Who knows that? Uh, yes. No one. No one. Uh, and the more I watch them, I'm like, shit, they're good. So um, I think that they have a pretty favorable bracket uh, outside of LSU, hanging in there um, as a three seed with Texas and Texas winning the Big Twelve. Uh, shout out to Vic Schaefer. He just wins. That man just wins. Everywhere uh, he goes. Everywhere he goes. I think the toughest, uh, Rich. Uh, the toughest region to me is Bridgeport. NC State. Yes. Getting UConn. I mean, what did you think about that? Because because you know, NC State wins the ACC 29 and 3 on the year. And Bridgeport, let's say they do they're in Bridgeport. I know. Which is a That's home, home game cooking. for UConn. <laughs> exactly. That's home cooking for the number two seed. If I'm if I'm Westmore, I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> Yes. Hey, and this goes back to our whole conversation that we've had about the love that's given to UConn. And is there a bias? I was wondering because there was all this talk coming into seating. It was like, would UConn be in the Bridgeport um, region? And and leading up to it, it was all eyes, all eyes and all the voices I heard was no. Lo and behold. <laughs> <laughs> there they be. Lo and behold. <laughs> you know, but but Paige coming back. They're they're back and they're going to be fun. I mean, that's you want Paige Beckers to be playing in March and and she's and she's good to go. UConn's back. Um, I remember they had some uh, revenge when they beat Villanova. Remember they lost for the first time and what, what I don't first know. First time remember, forever. forever. Yes, uh, they beat them by thirty. Right. Um, so they're back. I think you know there's a lot of intrigue. Greensboro is where I'll be um, at for my regional. You're looking at a potential showdown between South Carolina and Iowa. Yes. Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark on the main stage, went into the final four. Yes. Now, Sign I was, me up for that. Iowa's got to get through everything. So does South Carolina, 
right? South Carolina. I mean, everybody's got to take care of their business. But, you know, Louisville, Baylor, out of the Wichita, I mean, there's there's plenty of room. I think BYU is a team to watch. I think that they can get to the Sweet 16, upsetting Michigan along the way. Um, Jeff Jud- Judkins, the coach for BYU, he spent a lot of years in the NBA. He's a, he's a gem. They, they are a talented bunch. So uh, my eyes are, are on BYU. But I think, you know, we, we, we've talked about this bracket, a lot of one and two. Up some upsets along the way, Rich. But uh, I'm not going to go through who I think will win. I'll let you. I'll let you go through, <laughs> just because I'm calling games. I don't feel comfortable. That's right. Um, you know, putting my my picks out there just because I'm calling games. It's a little you know why Kirk doesn't pick games on College Game Day. Yeah, I still don't understand that, but I respect. Why he, you can't pick a you can't pick a winner of a game you're calling? How is that possible? You're a professional. You're not going to be biased. It's just like how can Kirk Herbstreet call a Ohio State game like you can call a Florida game. That's true. But it's a perception that, oh, this is who I picked before the game. I don't think it's fair. I, th- I think that that it's it's a good I don't think you should. OK, uh, we're going to agree to disagree on that one. That's there, fine. Yeah, I, I like the aspect. I want to hear what the pros, what you guys have to say about certain matchups and who you think would win. And I don't think it would bias how you're going to call a game. I, I truly don't think that. But again, that's that's a whole nother topic. Uh, continue, though, uh, in terms of s- some of your analysis, or I should say, I'll jump in because I do okay, have do some. Got? Yeah, I, I as far as an upset, I'm rolling with some three-point shooting, and that's Florida Gulf Coast. I want to see what they can do, uh, get to the Sweet 16 and uh, play Stanford. I don't think they'll beat Stanford. Uh, I do have Stanford going to the Final Four. And then I do have all number one seeds advancing to the final four. So I've got you South really Carolina. You really went out on a limb. You really did, went out yes, on a limb. Exactly. <laughs> Just sign me up for chalk right here. <laughs> Louisville. Uh, although I would have to say that Louisville Baylor matchup because Nalisa Smith, again, you have one dominant player that gets hot and you've seen how that can happen uh, in a tournament. And that's why even. Iowa, South Carolina, if Caitlin Clark goes off, because she's going to have the ball in her hands when she dictates it. And that's the thing with Aaliyah Boston. They have to get the ball to Aaliyah Boston, where Caitlin Clark, she can just take it herself. And, you know, she could go off for 35, 40 points, uh, you know, in a given night. Now, South Carolina is going to play much better defense than I think that uh, she might have, uh, Caitlin Clark might have seen in the Big Ten. But you do have to watch out for that. But I've got South Carolina winning that. Uh, and I've got South Carolina, Louisville, Stanford, and NC State, as I said, uh, mm. in the Final Four. South Carolina and NC State matching up in the championship game. And I've said it from the beginning of the season that I felt South Carolina was going to win this whole thing and they were going to go wire to wire. Now, I felt they were going to go undefeated. Uh, that didn't happen, but I do think they're going to go wire to wire and they're going to end up with a national championship, their second one. Mm. Yo, I heard that. That hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you like that. <laughs> they they showed some flaws um, in oh, the yeah. SEC tournament, and it's not about being the best team. It's the best team that day. So I do worry a little bit about South Carolina, but you know the different lineups that Don Staley can go to, I think, is really where it depends on their matchup. They can go so many different ways that it's just really hard to guard them and just defend yes, them and, and prepare for them. You don't know what you're going to get. 
That's right. Um, and other teams don't have that. And they obviously don't have some of that size that you've even talked about before, but also they just don't have the depth that South Carolina has. And yeah. I think that's a big factor here in the tournament. You you need some depth. I, I'm, you know, UConn is on my radar and you know why Paige is back, but there's like, there's this, there's this sense of um, a chip on someone's on their shoulder right now, which is very unfamiliar for UConn where Gino Ariamo going into the tournament was kind of telling his team, you know, I hope we make the tournament, which oh is my like, gosh, I hope, come on, Gino. <laughs> be nice if, you know, I think there's just going to be an edge to UConn, um, more of a hunter than a hunted. Than being hunted. Yeah. That that's I fair. think that makes them kind of a final four caliber team. And just to remind everyone, before Paige Beckers got hurt, South Carolina and them played early in the season. And that shit was like a national championship game. I mean, it was like Duke Gonzaga on the men's side that you're like, wow, this feels like an April game. So I, I you know, UConn is, is, they have Final Four uh, capability. I don't argue your NC State um, because they have just been so consistent. And Elisa Kinane, um is a terrific post player that they rely on heavily. I, I just want to, just a fun note. We talked about Melissa Smith um, at the Big 12 tournament. Her her dad hit a half-court shot to win $6,600 in gas money. That, uh, Phillips, <laughs> Phillips something highway or whatever was their uh, sponsor. Yeah, Phillips 66. And, yeah. Yeah. And he won $6,600 of gas money. Uh, so shout out to Melissa Smith's father because that is what everyone wants right now is some extra gas money. Uh, um, yes, I know with what you're driving too. You're like, damn, these gas prices, right? I put, I put $25 in there and it gave me less than a quarter of a tank. <laughs> so that was... Hey, let, let's move on to the controversy. Actually, let me uh, let me... So Charlie Cream, our bracketologist, he sent out his to see how right some of these folks are that we rely on so heavily. So Charlie Cream, our ESPN bracketologist on the women's side, he got 67 out of the 68 teams in the field right. Uh, he had one team wrong, which was Missouri, who did not make it. Uh, DePaul missed on DePaul, but they're sort of in the field, and I think they're going to yeah, actually they're the first four. They're going to have some longevity in there. So 39. Of the 68 teams were seated exactly right. So that is about 57% accuracy. 64 of the 68 teams plus minus their seed line. Rich, I don't know what that means. I'm not even going to front. I don't know what that means. Maybe. Plus minus their seed line. So he got 64 of the teams right, but it might have not have been on the right seed line. Is okay. that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. 16 of the 16 top uh, six, uh, like the top six teams that get to host, he got all of those yeah. right. He got all those right. Yeah, that's solid. It's it's yeah. He he uh, he's he's legit. Um, I do have a bone to pick with Len- with Lenardi because you know he got into the conversation with Reese Davis about Tennessee, and now I I, I I'm not even a Tennessee fan, but how how in the absolute hell is Tennessee a three seed? And Lenardi never answered, which was a problem. Then he he made the case essentially that the the, the games <clears throat> on Sundays don't matter. So what about all the other teams that use Sunday to get into the tournament? 
Well, and you have to look I'm at waiting the fact for your rebuttal. It, yes, I, I'm trying to give you one because <laughs> there's there's not a good one other than the fact that that is definitely one of the biggest misses that the selection committee has had in several years. Just looking at you've got a conference champion in Tennessee beat Kentucky twice this year. They've got 11 quad one wins. Their net rating is eight. Their Ken Palm rating is seven. Their strength of schedule is four. Holy and then you hell. look you look at Duke, who's a number two seed. Their net rating is 13. Ken Palm of 12. Strength of schedule, 67. They've only got six quad one wins, but they've got four quad two through quad four losses. Yeah. Are we not going to pay attention to how a team finishes their regular season, right? So Tennessee wins the SEC Tournament Championship. Duke does not. They lost to UNC, then they lose to Virginia Tech. Um, I, I, that, so I'll just I'll go back on the women's side because if, if those championship games and days don't matter. So Kentucky on the women's side, who obviously upset the number one team in the country, right? They win the SEC Tournament Championship. They were on the bubble heading into the SEC Tournament. They ended up a sixth seed. So they went from bubble to six. Yeah. Did you have any concern, though, that Kentucky would have not made it? Yeah. You did? Really? Yeah, there was a stretch where they, they, lost, they were two and ten in the SEC. I mean, they were, they were dead in the water. They started to win towards the end, but I didn't think it was as, of quality wins. So they were, they were on the bubble, for sure. Okay, I thought they did enough to get in. Uh, I know they were bubbled. I thought they, did an, I thought they had done enough to get in without having to win the SEC championship. No, I think they didn't have to win it. But you're talking about a 10 or 11 seed, then you're looking at a 6. Oh, that's a big difference, yeah. Okay. I get that. So I just think there was really, uh, and, and I didn't really get an answer um, from anyone listening to all the shows and the breakdowns of, you know, I just, I just thought that was such a slight for winning. The SEC was so tough, so tough this year to win the tournament. SEC is one of the best conferences. You could argue it was the best conference in exactly all of college basketball. That in the Big 12, when you go top to bottom, and for them just to get a, a two seed, and yeah, they beat Kentucky twice this year. <laughs> you know, two and one against Kentucky. And and I'm saying that because that's obviously a, a quality win and a quality loss. But you look at Kentucky, you know, where they're seeded as well. I mean, they're a two seed and Tennessee is not. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just a bad miss there, yeah. you know, for the committee. It, it really is. And now I guess you could argue if you look at that South region then, in terms of Tennessee's pathway, I mean, that is a tough one when you have to go through Arizona because we, we've seen how good Arizona is. But I think outside of that, I mean, Tennessee, I, I, I'm still not buying into Villanova at the two seed either there. I mean, I know uh, Jay Wright does an unbelievable job and they're, they're just going to grind you to death. Uh, but I think Tennessee can grind people to death as well. Uh, so their their path seems to be okay but I think they could have easily been over there on, you know, a, a two line. And I'm wondering, we can easily say Duke, but I think there's a possibility they could have been on that two line instead of Kentucky as well. So Lenardi's accuracy, 67 out of the 68 teams, correct. 
35 out of the 36 at-large bids correct. Seeding exactly 41 out of the 68 teams. Uh, plus minus one, 66 out of the 68 teams, his best ever. Mm, okay. People got a lot of bones to pick with Lenardi, but he what he stuck to his plan and to his, his mysterious formula that he won't reveal. That nobody knows. I know. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and it's working, I guess. Those are the numbers and respect. So it is what it is. Um, He's got yeah. some inside source there into the selection committee, right? <laughs> and he's not he's, giving he's up getting that some source. knowledge. He's not yeah. giving up that source. You think uh, <laughs> you, you think the LSU Iowa State matchup is is a lock for Iowa State with you know Will Will Wade being fired? And so I'm glad you brought that up because that seems such a lock, Steffi. But could it be a rallying cry for LSU? You know, and now I know they've got some talent and they can turn people over. They can create a lot of turnovers with their length and just how they pressure defensively. But I just think there's too much turmoil going on at LSU right now. And uh, I like Iowa State in that upset. You think Bruce Pearl, oh, not Bruce Pearl, you think Bruce Weber will cut his hair? <laughs> I don't mind his hair. I, I might be the only one that, yeah, I like the flow. <laughs> you're you're shaking your head and <laughs> squinting your eyes like, no, no. <laughs> uh, he, he looks like he's been surfing out in a big surf. <laughs> Uh, hey, he's ready to retire. <laughs> yeah, he's you think ready he retires? to retire. I think he coaches. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I I, I think he's, he's at least going to take some time he's, off. He's, yeah, maybe maybe so. I just you know I think he's a he's a good guy, and I think that he's he's got time to coach. Uh, years left under his belt, but I think maybe with the for those at home that are wondering about the joke, Bruce Weber grew out his hair. Until something was done about all the FBI investigations into coaches, LSU fires Will Wade um, because of all the findings and just everything attached to LSU and the FBI and, and all of that. Um, that's one person. Um, I don't know. I don't. Do you know off the top of your hand how many more teams are still under investigation? Because I think a lot of them are in the tournament. Yeah, you know, I have to. I don't remember off the top of my head either, uh, because we know Arizona. I, I think they're done because of Sean Miller. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Um, and then Oklahoma State. We know what happened with them, and it's still ridiculous that uh, Oklahoma State's not eligible for postseason play, where every other team that's yeah. going through all of this is still eligible. Uh, and, and we've seen, you know, what obviously is going on with Louisville. Uh, they'll be looking for a new head coach uh, in Auburn. You know, they they did their penalties, uh, you know, from, yes. <laughs> and nobody could see that, but Steffi's putting up air quotes in, when I said penalties. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think for the most part, it's, it's winding its way down uh, in, in terms of what, you know, how things are going to shake out. And I, the big one was, I, I think, LSU and obviously Will Wade being fired you know that uh, some things definitely came out. And if you remember, just a couple of years ago, LSU suspended him until they could renegotiate his contract because his contract was in a situation where the language read that he couldn't, if he got fired for cause, they still had to pay him. And so 
knowing that you had all these allegations, LSU said, whoa, hold on a second. We need to uh, restructure this contract so we can fire you with calls and you don't get paid or a much substantial less amount. And uh, so they were able to do that. So once they found out some of this information, they were pretty quick to let Will Wade go because uh, I, I think there must have been some some serious things there. And the question is, will Will Wade coach again or even ever? Mm. It'll be interesting to see. So there's been a lot of shakeups already in the SEC on the men's on the men's side of of who's who's leaving. So uh, it just makes me think of Mike White leaving Florida for Georgia. What the hell? <laughs> What the hell, Steffi? Why not go somewhere where you're wanted? Nobody wanted him <laughs> at Florida. And why didn't start, anybody want him at, why didn't anybody tr- want him I, I at think, Florida? Look, think about who he replaced, Billy Donovan. Oh, I know. That's right. Yes. Okay. It's, it's, it was almost impossible of a job because of the excitement, the way they played. They were getting titles. Billy D's in the NBA. Um, and I, I don't think his style of coaching and play and recruiting ever really could match what Billy did. And I think fans, just with football, grew tired of that two or three years, even though they did have some runs um, in the NCAA tournament. But it was, I think Mike just wanted a fresh start. And, you know, Georgia, they uh, it's a it's an athletic school. Think about Kirby, Joni, and now Mike. I mean, it's not a bad place to just, you know, Tom Crean just could not get it done there. I mean, they were they were awful. He was running players off the whole time. Yeah. I mean, you've had all these players transferring. I mean, look, Kentucky's got Severe Wheeler from Georgia. I mean, their Georgia players are all over the place that Tom Crean recruited. He just couldn't keep them. Just his style just did not mesh with a lot of these younger players. But I was shocked that Mike White went to Georgia. I did not see that coming at all. How about Frank Martin? Leave out South Carolina. Yeah, we talked about that uh, the other day on the radio show that I host here in Greenville. And that was a surprise to me, although I knew there had been some speculation. Ten years of Frank Martin and only one NCAA tournament appearance. That was in 2017, so five years ago. Now, it was a amazing run. Got to the Final Four with that team, but really no success outside of that. They've always been hovering around that 500 mark in the SEC and have had winning records, but just it's all about postseason play. And you know that. I mean, only one NIT as well through his 10 years here at South Carolina. And I think it's one of those scenarios where almost it's better just to have a change of scenery yeah, uh, you know, you've worn out your welcome, if that makes sense. And yeah. I, I think it was uh, a little bit on both parties, from what I could tell, is that was Frank Martin really invested into continuing, you know, putting everything into the program? And then was South Carolina invested into uh, the money that they were going to need for facilities and, you know, competing in the SEC uh, and trying to keep players in state? And there's a player, Gigi Jackson, is one of the top recruits of the 2023 class, and he was basically committed or a real heavy lean to South Carolina, and all people think that he's going to go to South Carolina next year with Frank Martin. So now that is probably out of the question, and so what does that mean for Gigi Jackson? Does he go to Duke now? Does he go to North Carolina or Georgetown or other teams that 
he's been leaning towards also. Uh, so that could be a big loss for South Carolina if they don't have Gigi Jackson that's going to commit. How about Missouri? Coach Martin, he's out. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> SEC is all over the place. What is that? I think there's as many vacancies in the SEC as there are in the NCAA tournament. Um, gosh. Yeah, a lot. they're starting to treat, I mean, the amount of money that these guys are making, they're starting to treat them like football coaches. Just had to mention that brief briefly about the coach. I mean, there's going to be a lot of a lot of news, um, just head coaching positions. Yeah, we'll be able to dive into a lot of this as now, as we're getting closer and closer to the final four. Uh, that's where all of the coaching carousel happens. And you'll see a lot of assistant coaches at the final four, because I used to be there and they'll be hanging out in the hotel lobbies trying to see anybody and <laughs> You know, you'll have these assistant coaches, they're labeled on the all-lobby team because uh, they're hanging out the whole time <laughs> waiting to, you know, to try to get their name in- into the discussions for any assistant coaching jobs that are out there based on, you know, all the head coaching carousel that's going on. So give me your most um, threatening two seeds. Ooh, obviously. I mean, my knee-jerk reaction is Kentucky and Auburn. I mean, I, I think just both of those teams. Auburn obviously has not been playing well, but I don't buy into the fact that how a team plays out, especially in the conference tournament, is going to dictate how they play in the NCAA tournament. So just because a team, you know, goes on this big run and wins their conference tournament championship, that doesn't mean now all of a sudden they're going to be able to replicate that into the NCAA tournament and vice versa, just because they get knocked out early like a Baylor. I'm not going to say that now Baylor is going to be struggling in the NCAA tournament because I don't think it Mm. works out that way. But when you look at those two seeds, I think Duke uh, actually has been struggling. I think they've definitely got some deficiencies, although, I mean, they're in the top 15 in both offense and defense uh, scoring. So I think you've got to have one or two of those. But Kentucky, I still think if they're 100% healthy, I think they're one of the best teams out there. And I think they're mm-hmm. one of the best four teams in the country when they're completely healthy. Uh, and obviously you got to have Oscar Shuibwe out there on the court. He can't be fouling out like he did yeah. against Tennessee. And that was a, a big loss. But then Auburn, it's all dependent on can their guards play right now? You know, Katie Johnson at times and uh, Wendell Green Jr. Sometimes they just, they just disappear. Bad decisions. Bad decisions. Bad yeah. decisions, Steffi. And, it's an easy decision. Get the ball to Jabari Smith. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty simple equation. <laughs> Sometimes the guards just do too much. You yes, know, you've got, exactly. You know, you've got you know Kessler and Jabari Smith, and you just gotta let them do their thing. Which is why Duke, as a two seed, I just think sometimes they're inexperienced. Look, this this tournament is older, and they've got veterans. Some of the older teams and the experienced teams, that's why we've seen Duke falter. I mean, they just don't have the reps. They don't have the uh, years under their belt. Um, you know, that's Giving you why. big thumbs up on that. Yes, big, big thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's exactly true. Some of these older teams are going to upset teams like Duke. Um, even uh, I know that you're really high on Kentucky, but, uh, you know, just there's I was Montana State 14 seed. Yes, great guard play, and they're veteran guards, and that is very important in the NCAA tournament. Taking on Texas Tech, I 
Now, I, Montana State came onto my radar. I've got their women's. And uh, while watching their women's team and reading up on their men's team, their men's team absolutely dominated the big sky. And that those 14-3 matchups can be sneaky. Um, oh, yes. So when, when Lenardi says the difference between a two and a three is the color of the jersey, I, you can't – don't tell that to a coach. <laughs> no. That shit is not true. <laughs> That's right. That shit is not true. Hey, so, and Chattanooga is another team that has good veteran think guard they, they play. got enough to get over Illinois? I do. The, the only concern is obviously the size with Kofi Coburn uh, there yeah. at Illinois. They they can't stop him. But I don't think Illinois' guards can play with Chattanooga's guards. And we saw some uh, just turnover prone, I mean, bad decisions also for Illinois. I mean, if you saw that game against Indiana in the Big Ten tournament, I mean, it was almost like they were trying to give that game away uh, to Indiana. And they just disappeared. And so Chattanooga... And they've got the best player in the Southern Conference, Malachi Smith, and uh, he's a again another veteran type of guy. So Chattanooga could be a team that could upset uh, and could actually even get to the Sweet Sixteen. In all reality, you know, Rich, I think guard play is is so important in in these tournaments. Uh, you know, post players can be dominant, but unless they're offensive rebounding, they're not getting the ball unless the guards give them the basketball. So. I think guard play and how well your guards are playing, which is why the concern with Auburn, guards not necessarily making good decisions, or and just in the matchup you talked about with Illinois and Chattanooga. Well, if the guards for Chattanooga are playing better, that favors them. I mean, that's does. kind of just the, the reality of the way that these tournaments have gone. Good guard play can get you to the uh, Sweet 16, Elite Eight. You know, uh, it's just so important. So I, I mean, who, who are some of the, what are some matchups? I know we've had a few days to digest um, the brackets. Watch out for Arkansas. Arkansas is another it's my team. slippery team. Yep, it's my slippery exactly. team. I know. With, with the must man, Eric Musselman, uh, j- just watch out. Because again, uh, uh, JT Note, uh, just a really good uh, player for Arkansas guard and their physicality. Uh, they can be a dangerous team as well. Now, Vermont will give them a little bit of a run, but I, I think Arkansas will will win that game. But I could see Arkansas beating UConn, and then Arkansas could actually give Gonzaga a little bit of a run. I, I yeah. really think so. It's a favorable yeah. matchup for Arkansas, the yeah. way that they defend and their length. Um, I actually think New Mexico State, can take down UConn. It's a 5-12 upset that I've got. Um, uh, South Dakota State was terrific in the summit. Um, Haven't seen Providence much, but if I'm picking a 4-13, I'm taking the Jackrabbits. Yeah, Providence has played really well all season long until the last few games, and they've struggled a little bit. And they got blown out by Creighton, which was a surprise. Uh, Creighton's still a good team, don't, don't get me wrong, but uh, that should have been a game that Providence uh, should have been able to win, in, in my opinion. So, but what Ed Cooley's been able to do with Providence, putting them back on the map, so to speak, is, is he's done a really good job. But I could see that that upset there. You don't have to agree. No, I, mean, I could see it. Sometimes see on the men's brackets, you could just write down whatever the hell you wanted, and you might be right. Steffi, that's what I was about to say. Is that yes, I could agree or I couldn't agree. But the problem is on a lot of these. I'm looking at it, and my answer is, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, <laughs> it could be this. It could be that. It's almost like a flip of a coin. And we saw a lot of that during the conference tournaments. That yeah. 
You, I mean, how about how about Virginia Tech just blowing everyone's mind at the ACC tournament? Texas A and M smoking everyone in Tampa. I, you know, you look up. Did who did anyone predict it was going to be those two teams? Um, Hell no. You know, making yeah, yeah. No, not even so, close. And as a Clemson grad, I'm even more frustrated <laughs> because Virginia yeah. Tech beats Clemson on a last second three pointer and. Clemson had that game won. All you got to do is make a couple of free throws and you seal the game. Or all you got to do is defend a three-point shot and you can win that game. And then Virginia Tech is not even in that position. And I'm not saying Clemson would have been able to win the conference uh, tournament there. But it's just frustrating and even more frustrating, Steffi, as a Clemson grad. And there's a lot of Clemson faithful that look at it this way also is that how is it that Virginia Tech can win an ACC tournament championship and Clemson's never done it? Never done it. And Clemson has been in the ACC since 1953. And yeah. they have it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's embarrassing. And it just adds to the mm-hmm. frustration that Clemson just is snake bitten from a basketball perspective. So... Who do you like out of the West? Oh, that's Gonzaga. I'm going Zags you like there. Gonzaga. Yeah, I do. Okay. Okay. So no Duke taking Zags. No Duke. How yeah. about how about the East? The East. Kentucky? Yeah, I'm I'm torn on this, uh, but I am going to go Kentucky. I'm presuming they're going to stay healthy, uh, and I I think it'll be too much. I think Baylor would be the other team, but I could see Baylor getting upset. Um, and that could be watch out for UCLA. You do I'm have to ask you about that. Yeah, you do. I, I, I think they might be a sleep. They're yes. a four seed, but I think they're a sleeper that could that could get they could go the whole. That's right. Yes, that, that's a good team that could get to the elite eight right there. I mean, we saw obviously what they did last year, uh, and so I, I could definitely see Mick Cronin getting his team past Baylor. And not to say that Baylor, say North Carolina wins that matchup, North Carolina could beat Baylor. Baylor's had a few of those games. You and I have talked about it throughout the season. Some head scratchers, like how the hell did they lose that big game? Big time, yes, big time. How about the South? Like, I, I, oh man, Arizona. I know. I'm going Zona. I'm going Tommy Lloyd here. And yeah. you know, I I just think you know Ben Matherin. Now the you do have to take into consideration the the injury to Creesa to see you know there at the guard how that affects. Arizona. Now they still played without him in the Pac-12 championship and they were fine, but now this is, you know, how how far they can go without him. Now he's supposed to come back and play, but just win is the question mark. But Arizona's loaded. They really are. Yeah. So I've got yeah. them coming out of the South. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, anybody can match up with them. And I think it's going to come down to Tennessee and Villanova who would play them. And I'm torn do I want Tennessee there? Right. Yeah. Oh man, that's a. That's I like Tennessee over Villanova. See. Yeah. That's that's the game I think everyone uh, wants to see. Colorado State, you know, beating Michigan, then yeah. take it on Tennessee. Tennessee winning. Uh, Ohio State. I mean, Villanova. It's not like a cakewalk for them. But no, it's not. Hey, in loyal to Chicago, I, we've seen what they've done in the past. They can they can beat Ohio State there in that first round. Okay, we'll we'll watch that. Seven tens are always fun. I mean, especially uh, in the years past. Uh, how about the Midwest? You going blue blood? 
Yeah, I'm going blue blood. It's hard for me I'm to go. I'm tired get, of you. I know Did you, you are. Did you go all one seeds? No, I, I'm not going all one seeds. I don't think. Am I going all one seeds? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not going all one seeds because I'm going Kentucky in the East. Uh, I'm going Kansas here. I think they're playing really well. Uh, they are. With Ochai and Remy Martin starting to play really well coming off the bench. So I, I think Kansas. And, and also, don't forget about uh, uh, Christian Brown uh, for Kansas. He's starting to play really well also. So I'm going to go Kansas. I think they've got an easier uh, pathway. Although Iowa, I mean, with the Murray brothers and uh, Bohannon being able like to shoot Iowa. from like Iowa. yeah deep, you know, watch out for Iowa as well. That they could they could definitely give Kansas uh, a run for their money. You know, it's it's interesting when you look at uh, the women's team, Iowa, and the men's team both both playing really really well mm-hmm. um, right now. Uh, you know, Baylor men, Baylor women, Baylor women is in potentially in my final four. So, uh, I don't know. It's going to be a fun tournament. Well, we got the first four today on the men's side. Uh, our first four on the women's side is on the 16th. I, you know, <laughs> I want to get your opinion on this because outside it, so these teams, we're looking at both brackets. So, uh, NIT, if you're a head coach, do you go or do you not? Oh, I do. Yes, you go. Okay. Yeah. It's Kara just Lawson more- of Kara Lawson of Duke who does not make the NCAA tournament, declined to go to the NIT. Did she give a reason why? Uh, I can I can certainly give you her words versus mine. Um, I'll give you <laughs> some backstory. <laughs> uh, Coach Landers at Georgia, not going to play in it. Just not. One year, I remember when Joni Taylor was head coach, they were invited to the NIT, WNIT, and she said no. So... I think some coaches, it's not that they're below it, but yeah. They're no. below it. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find the quote. I just thought it was kind of kind of interesting. Um, Kara Lawson and Duke, you know, there's a lot of hype. And it just had, they, they started, they had a good start to their year. And they just kind of fizzled out and just not... You know, not giving some of the, I think it's an opportunity to keep playing and to, if you're, if you're a coach and you want your players to not be thinking spring break, we're going here and here's our trip. And it's like, you know, I've talked to so many coaches that have been on the rebuild and, you know, an example is the Ole Miss coach, Coach Yo, you know, three years ago, they didn't win a conference game this year. They are a seventh seed in the NCAA tournament. She said, I've never had a team where these players are used to going on spring break. They're not used to playing, you know, in these later stretches of March. So she's like, I've got to reverse everybody's thinking. And I understand the expectation at Duke is to play in the NCAA tournament. But if, you know, it's just, I don't like it. You got to play. Yeah, you got to play. You got to play. It's just so much extra practice that you have with your team. So much extra game situations that you can't replicate in practice that can help you have those experiences. And I I just think it's a big miss if you don't go play. And just from the standpoint for the players, let them go enjoy the opportunity of just getting a little bit of taste 
of what postseason play is like? And then can you use that as motivation if you're in the NIT and say, yeah, you think this is fun? Let's talk about the NCAA tournament. That's what yeah. you really want to shoot for. And again, that's not disparaging the NIT at all. That's just, we know the facts are the facts that yeah. you're judged on NCAA tournament appearances. And, you know, people talk about their experiences of playing in the NCAA tournament. And I think it's, you know, you can utilize that as, again, an opportunity to motivate them that, Maybe next year we can get to the NCAA tournament. And I equate it to the same thing as like in college football. That's why these coaches, they want to make bowl games because you get all that extra practice right. and get ready for yeah. the next season. I mean, I, 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 I've never understood that either. I think you go play. Yeah. Uh, I think in, in last year, um, Ole Miss didn't make the NCAA tournament and they lost in the, in the WNIT finals. So you don't think that carried over? Yeah, and now you know, they're in the NCAA you tournament. Win the tur- you almost win the tournament, and then, you know, this year they're they're in, and it was, yes. they, there's high expectations. So I, I just I don't I don't I don't agree with it. But well, we got to talk know, with Coach Landers then too. Come on, Coach Landers, you got to go play too. Yeah, right. I I think he uh, <laughs> I don't think he ever missed an NCAA tournament. Yeah, well, that's another maybe, maybe, side of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, know, you never have you to. Know, <laughs> Yeah, Pat Summit. You know, I think it was uh, 2009. They got upset in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and I think they went home that day and ran. And then Pat made them practice the rest of the NCAA tournament. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and speaking of streaks for the NCAA tournament, Michigan State has made 24 consecutive NCAA tournaments, but the team that tops that is Kansas, by this year, this was their 32nd consecutive Mm. NCAA tournament appearance on the men's side. That's insane, Steffi. Just insane. 32 years. Incredible. Yeah. Um, What what are your thoughts on, like, new bloods versus old bloods? I heard this kind of debate, you know, because today's players, like, who do they associate with national tournament or, you know, uh, national championships? Like a new blood versus an old blood. New blood versus an old blood. Obviously, Baylor is a new blood. Uh, right? Yes, definitely. Uh, I would think somebody, you could probably say Gonzaga. I know they haven't won a national championship, but they're you know in the final four all the time. I still don't think Gonzaga is considered a blue blood. Uh, just because of you know how they they're came neither. up, ba- they're neither. Ba- they're, that's right. That's a good point. I mean, because they came if up you're in a young major person, ranks. If you're a young person, you're well. It just it just depends on who you're talking to. Like, well, what conference? Well, they haven't beat anyone, or they haven't won anything. All that they don't know. But to us, we're they're like a blue blood because they can. You, they always get close. They always get there. But like Baylor, being a new blood, um, Nova. Blue blood. Duke? Blue blood. Blue blood, yes. Kansas? Blue blood. Blue blood. Where do you put Auburn? Mm. That's a new blood, in my opinion. From a basketball standpoint. Yeah. I would I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah, even though again, uh, they haven't really won anything, but they're a team that's on the rise, obviously with Bruce Pearl there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just an interest there's been so many debates. I've heard of the past few days about teams and streets and all that. I think, you know, this is just such a, 
It's such a fun tournament on both ends. Um, I know that, you know, there's a lot of excitement on the women's side. There's a lot of excitement on the men's side. Not many people know who's going to win. That's you know, the it, beauty. Yes. That's on both. In both. That's right. I, I don't think you can. All, you We haven't always been in that scenario. And I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. Stanford LSU on the women's. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there um, is there less teams on the women's side that can win it versus the men's? I would give I would say there's four to five, four to five different teams on the women's that could win it. On the men's, you're looking at what six to eight. Yeah, four? I would say eight to ten on the men's eight to side. 10? Yes, just to, especially who gets hot. I mean, it, I think exactly it's different on the men. They, 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 those teams can get hot and get to the final four, and it's ju- it just has not been the case to get to the final four on the women's side. I'm eager to see if we can have that this year. I mean, the parity has has been there. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people had Iowa winning the Big Ten. It was all it's always Maryland, right? Well, this year Maryland's a four seed, and uh, Iowa's a two seed. So. There's some new faces. Um, I'm excited. You excited? You ready to get this thing underway? Very excited. Yes. Let's get this show on the road and crown a champion. And we've got three more weeks before that happens. So we've got plenty of time and we'll be able to talk much more about it. But that is it for us as we are finally here, the beginning of the NCAA tournament and March Madness as we love it. And if you haven't already, please follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast and let us know your thoughts by rating and reviewing. And as always, thanks for investing your time to listen. This is Automatic.